Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. When George Ratterman announced his candidacy for sheriff of Campbell County, Kentucky, he said, quote, I am told that if I run for sheriff, I will be the victim of all sorts of personal slanderous attacks. But I say to our opponents, let the attacks start now if they must. Let the battle be joined now. And, well, the attacks did start, culminating in a high-profile setup of Ratterman in a compromising position. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarki. And I'm Holly Fry. George William Ratterman was an American football player in the All-America Football Conference and the National Football League. He played college football at Notre Dame in Indiana from 1944 to 1946 primarily on the field as a quarterback. Legendary football coach Frank Leahy called him, quote, the greatest all-around athlete in the history of Notre Dame. He wasn't just known for football. He was one of only four students in Notre Dame history to letter in four different sports, football, basketball, baseball, and tennis. When he turned pro, he played with the Buffalo Bills from 1947 to 1949. In his first year at the age of 20, Ratterman threw 22 touchdown passes, setting a professional football rookie record that stood for more than 20 years. This guy was great. He continued his career in the NFL with the New York Yanks. And if you aren't familiar with them, the team played under that name only in 1950 and 1951. In 1951, Ratterman joined the Montreal Alouettes, part of the Canadian Football League, before playing with the Cleveland Browns from 1952 through 1956. So, actually, 1956 was a really big year for Ratterman. He became the Browns' starting quarterback, and he also became the first player in the history of American football to wear a radio receiver in his helmet. And that allowed Cleveland coach Paul Brown to call plays using a microphone instead of sending in messenger players for each play. It was a literal game changer. 
Ratterman was featured on the cover of Sports Illustrated on October 8th, 1956. But this isn't actually a story about his football career. It's about what happened after. Just two weeks after the Sports Illustrated cover, George suffered a career-ending leg injury. But his career would transform from the football field to dabbling in some very colorful and dangerous local politics. That same year, Ratterman also finished his law degree at Salmon P. Chase College of Law and became licensed to practice in Ohio and Kentucky. Though he couldn't play on the field anymore, he still stuck with football. He acted as general counsel for the American Football League Players Association in the mid-1960s. There's a parallel story happening that we need to talk about, so let's turn to another American football player, a man named Tito Carinci. If George Ratterman is the protagonist of this story, Carinci is the antagonist. In 1952, the same year Ratterman joined the Browns, Carinci, a linebacker, signed with the Green Bay Packers as a free agent. Carinci, though, was one of five men cut that September, and with his football career ended, or at least on hold, he joined the Army. Then, after an unsuccessful tryout with the Chicago Bears in 1955, he ended up in Newport, Kentucky. Now, that's actually not as random as it may sound. He had lived in Cincinnati, Ohio during his college days at Xavier University and had enjoyed the thriving, and often criminal, nightlife just across the river in Newport, a city known at the time as Sin City of the South. He began taking jobs from local mob figures and rose through the ranks to become president and manager of the Glen Hotel and its Tropicana nightclub slash casino, which was known for more vice than just gambling. Newport, Kentucky is an important character in both Tito Carinci and George Ratterman's lives. Without Newport, there's no story. By the 1940s, illegal gambling had become enormously profitable in Newport and surrounding Campbell County, and vice came in many forms, from casinos to horse racing and everything in between. Country clubs even offered slot machines. Vice was that pervasive. And then there were the infamous bust-out joints that was slang for general shady establishments that attracted generally shady characters. Mostly, politicians and law enforcement looked the other way, or they were in on it themselves. And that is how organized crime moved in. The Cleveland Syndicate had a strong presence and basically ran the town. Newport developed such a seedy underbelly that during the United States Senate's Kefauver Committee hearings on organized crime in 1950, the city was nationally ridiculed and derided for its law enforcement's approach, or lack of an approach when it came to closing down corruption. This sample from the records of those hearings is a great example of how authorities weren't fixing the problem. When then Newport Police Chief George Google testified, the committee counsel pointed out that, quote, the Cincinnati papers ran advertisements as to the gambling places open for business in Newport. Google replied to them, I never read them. The council, calling hogwash on his answers, asked how it was possible that the chief of police was, quote, the only man in that entire vicinity who didn't know that any taxi driver could take you to a selection of five or six gambling joints. Google replied succinctly, quote, I never ride in a cab. So thank you for that telling tidbit, Chief Google. 
By the early 1960s, about 10 years after those hearings, many prominent civic, business, and religious leaders in the region decided to make another run at reform. Previous attempts had all failed for various reasons. With Kentucky's Governor Burt Combs, a former justice of the state's highest court, the group formed the Committee of 500, a separate political action group in Newport. Unlike previous reform efforts, this group was religiously non-sectarian, non-partisan, and importantly, it was well-financed. When the group sought an independent candidate for sheriff in 1961, Ratterman, who grew up less than 10 miles away from Newport in Hyde Park, Ohio, he was their all-American hometown football hero of choice. George and his family had moved back to the area after his football career ended, and he'd joined an investment firm. He had also begun providing commentary on television and radio broadcasts of American football games, first for ABC TV beginning in 1960, and then for NBC TV until 1973. He agreed to the action group's plan, and he ran on a reform ticket, pledging to clean up vice and gambling. So now we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors. When we're back, we'll talk about how Ratterman got caught literally with his pants down, but couldn't remember how any of it happened. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, -day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older <laughs> in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade 
to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about what happened in a city overrun with gangsters and all-you-can-eat corruption when a reform-driven man like Ratterman ran for sheriff. After Ratterman announced his candidacy for sheriff of Campbell County, Kentucky, in early April of 1961, there were threats, as he expected and predicted. Threats regarding his personal safety, as well as the safety of his family. And then on May 9th, there was a threat he may not have anticipated. Ratterman was drugged, and a scene was staged with him in a bed with an exotic dancer. The plan was to blackmail him with a photograph and force him to drop out of the race. On April 14th, shortly after his announcement, Charles Lester, attorney for the Glen Hotel and Associated Tropicana, contacted a local photographer named Tim Winthrow, telling him it would be worth his time to contact a man named Edward Buccieri, an associate with the Chicago mob and of the Tropicana. Buccieri told the photographer that his services would be needed to, quote, take a picture of a man and a woman in a room and added, quote, don't worry about anything, we will protect you. The photographer gave Buccieri a phone number where he could be reached at night. Soon thereafter, Ratterman was invited by Thomas Paisley, an associate of Tito Carinci, to have a drink. Carinci and Ratterman knew each other from their football careers, but the night of May 8th wasn't one of reminiscing. Later, Ratterman claimed he'd gone to have that drink, hoping that Carinci wanted to talk about getting out of the vice business. Carinci's recollection of the night differed and suggested George was looking for a certain type of company that evening. In a later interview, Ratterman explained, quote, We were in Tito's suite. I remember suddenly becoming very groggy. I walked over to one of the beds in his bedroom and laid down. I remember I was powerless. I just had to lay down. And I guess that's when the knockout drug took its effect. That's right, George's drink had been spiked, and the plan to sink him and his candidacy had begun. Just after 2 a.m. on May 9th, the photographer Winthrow's phone rang, but he didn't answer. Carinci and his associates had a plan B, though. At 2.32 a.m., an anonymous phone call was received at the Newport police station. The informant on the phone stated, quote, if you want to get George Ratterman, he's in room 314 of the Glen Hotel. On that very convenient tip, at 2.45 a.m., detectives, including the one who'd answered the anonymous call, raided room 314 at the Glen Hotel. Ratterman, wearing only boxer shorts and socks, was discovered in bed with a scantily clad exotic dancer whose stage name was April Flowers. Flowers, whose real name was Juanita Hodges, was a friend of Carinci. Ratterman, Hodges, and Carinci, those who were present in the room, were arrested. According to grand jury records, attorney Charles Lester, who tried to hire the photographer, 
bailed out Carinci and Hodges, but he refused to spring Ratterman. And then, approximately an hour following the arrests, all persons who would be accused in the indictment, and that included the three police officers who made the raid, were seen together at the Tropicana, and then again at the Flamingo Club later in the night. Surely just a coincidence. As headlines of his arrest hit the front page of newspapers, Ratterman insisted again and again that he had been drugged and that the whole thing was done to scare him out of politics and out of Newport. One national magazine reported the blackmail scheme, the setup, and arrest were part of the, quote, long, wicked history of Newport. In an on-air interview with WCPO news anchor Al Shadalkadi the day after his arrest, George blamed his own, quote, stupidity for getting ensnared in a, quote, tremendous frame-up. During the interview, Ratterman held up the pants he had worn the night in question and showed how the zipper had been torn out of them, offering that zipper as evidence he had been undressed against his will. When doing this, he stated, quote, When I take off my own pants, I normally don't tear the zipper off. The attorney who picked me up at the jail mentioned that I should zip up my pants, and I told him I couldn't because the zipper had been torn off. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors, and when we're back, we will talk about the trial, the testimonies, and why the photographer's story closed the case. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape Fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's get into the courtroom and talk about who said what. Crowds of people attended Ratterman's trial the next week. Right out of the gate, blood work showed that Ratterman had indeed been drugged. A doctor testified that he had found a triple dose of the sedative chloral hydrate in George's blood. It was estimated that he had been dosed around 10 p.m. the night before his arrest. Witnesses. Well, testimonies aren't always as clear-cut as that blood work. One of the first witnesses, a Newport detective who was in on the raid, stated that Ratterman smelled of alcohol the morning of the arrest. However, the desk sergeant who booked Ratterman testified the very opposite, that he, quote, couldn't smell a thing on George. According to Ratterman, he'd only had one drink before everything became a blur. He hazily recalled being in a bedroom and remembered there was commotion involving, quote, some men in the room in a female form in a red dress and someone pulling at my clothes. The trio of detectives, including chief of detectives Patrick Ciafordini, claimed that Ratterman scuffled with authorities before they took him to the police station to be booked. Ratterman was arrested for commercial sexual solicitation. And in reply, he stated, quote, I just felt totally weak and powerless for me to try to fight back. For this reason, I do not believe I resisted arrest, as they say. Ratterman was taken into custody wrapped in bedding, allegedly to subdue him. Hodges, considered a star witness in the case, was seated beside Carinci in the courtroom. She testified she knew nothing about a photograph or blackmail or a setup and claimed she was with Ratterman only for a few minutes before the police raided the room. She also stated that George had undressed himself. It was reported she was wearing only a leopard print negligee when she was arrested. Outside the courtroom, Hodges talked to WCPO reporter Jack Fogarty. When Fogarty asked if she believed any part of the testimony given by Ratterman, she replied, quote, some of it, but not all of it. For what it's worth regarding Hodge's role in this, four months after the trial's conclusion, she contacted the WCPO newsroom to recant her testimony, claiming instead that Ratterman had indeed been framed. A few years later, Hodges testified in front of a federal grand jury organized by the Justice Department that she had perjured herself during Ratterman's trial. She then implicated Tito Carinci and Charles Lester in the setup. And then there was Carinci's testimony. Let's talk about an on-air interview he gave just before testifying first. His conversation with WCPO reporter Alan White went like this. When White asked Carinci if he believed Ratterman's story that the drink had been tampered with, Carinci replied, quote, I believe he got caught. He's human like anybody else. He got caught, and he's too weak to admit it. In the courtroom, Carinci denied that he set up Ratterman, stating, quote, The only person around he could put any blame on is me. 
Closing his testimony, Carinci stated he had visited his priest that morning and swore his testimony was all true. He then turned to Ratterman in the courtroom and said, quote, George, can you do that? After three days of testimony, the real star witness took the stand. Highland Heights photographer Tom Winthrow testified that he had spoken with a man named Marty about a gig at the Glen Hotel. It was just a quick photograph of a man and a woman in a room, he said, and Marty had promised he'd be, quote, very well paid for doing the job. The man Winthrow was talking about was Carinci associate Edward Buccieri. The photographer testified that he decided he didn't want the job and asked his wife to say he wasn't at home if a man named Marty called. And Marty did call, not long before George Raderman was discovered at the Glen Hotel by police. Without a photographer, though, there was no picture of Raderman and Hodges together in bed, which meant there was no blackmail. So Carinci and his conspirators staged the high-profile bogus raid. The photographer's testimony sealed the deal. Charges against Ratterman were dropped, and the case was referred to a grand jury. Carinci and five others, including the three Newport police officers at the raid, were later indicted and convicted of violating Ratterman's civil rights. Detective Chiafardini was acquitted in the United States District Court in Covington. Carinci denied everything, and he was eventually acquitted in 1963. Charles Lester and Edward Buccieri were convicted of conspiracy. Both were sentenced to a year in prison. As for Hodges, the publicity was actually kind of good for business. But she did lose her Kentucky colonel commission after her arrest. Carinci, true story, ran for mayor of Newport in 1963, but lost. He went on to be acquitted of conspiracy charges twice and later served time in prison for tax evasion. In the 1970s, he was incarcerated for selling heroin. But later in his life, Carinci moved to Hermosa Beach, California, where he managed the Pitcher House Sports Bar. The result of Ratterman's arrest was the beginning of the end for national crime syndicate operations in a city where previous cleanup efforts had failed. The trial and the publicity from the botched blackmail attempt did the opposite of what the mob had intended. It catapulted Ratterman to victory over Republican Al Howe and Democrat Johnny Peluso in the November election. And it was a landslide. In keeping with his campaign pledge to clean up Newport, the press reported scores of federal investigators were arriving in the region, sent by then United States Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy. And within months, that's right, months, most of Newport's top officials were under indictment. The mob had moved out. Most vice was out of business, and Newport was changed. Amid multiple local, state, and federal investigations, Raderman estimated that 99% of Newport's gambling vanished within his first 100 days in office, stating, quote, We didn't have to bust down doors. We did something like that with one or two places. He continued with this anecdote, quote, one funny thing that happened, one of our sheriff's cruisers was parked in front of a place we raided after the election. When we came back outside, there under the wiper was a parking ticket, courtesy of the Newport police. He was a successful sheriff, but he served only one term. George was an unsuccessful candidate for county judge, as well as United States Congress in the 1960s. 
In 2004, Ratterman said in an interview with Sports Illustrated, quote, In four years, I got rid of the gambling and the prostitution, and I didn't get killed. With cooperation from federal agents and personal interests of then-United States Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, Ratterman was successful in his efforts to rid the county, and particularly the city of Newport, of all kinds of vice businesses that had overrun the area since the time of the Civil War. What had been entrenched for a hundred years was overturned in roughly 100 days. A hundred days is amazing. In doing this coercion concoction, it's Kentucky, and I will tell you I did the slightly obvious thing, and this is a bourbon drink. But it has some surprises in it, because I wanted to also have uh, some surprising flavors in it. Like, I didn't want to just make something like an old-fashioned or a sour. So one of the other components is a liqueur that we haven't used yet on the show. There's a little spiciness in the mix. Here's what we're going to do. Into your shaking tin, you will put three quarters of an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice, a half ounce of creme de noyau. Do you, have you ever messed around with creme de noyau? I have not. If you've ever had a drink called a pink squirrel, which is a very sweet, creamy drink, creme de noyau is part of it. People describe it as tasting like almonds. Oh, okay. It's not made with almonds. It's made with apricot and some other, like the pit center. To me, it has a red berry flavor to it as Mm -hmm. well, but it's not heavy. It's more complicated than like an orja in a syrup would be. There is a fruity note in there. Mm -hmm. And then you're also going to add a half ounce of chili liqueur of your choice. And then an ounce and a half of bourbon. Give this a good shake. Get it nice and cold. This is one where you want the glass it's going into to be hard pre-chilled. Like I would put it in the freezer even for a while before you do this instead of just the chiller. It has a lot of alcohol in it. And often when you have that much alcohol, you want really cold to smooth out that bite of it. Strain that into your pre-chilled glass with ice in it. And then you're going to top it with just a little ginger ale, like an ounce. Mm -hmm. Toss in just a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters. Without the bitters, it's okay. With the bitters, it becomes really tasty. Yeah. It changes it so much. It is a really interesting and complex flavor because there is that fruit note, but then Mm -hmm. you get like this slice of pepper sensation on your tongue. I am calling this the honest photographer. Because (laughs) if it were not not for him, we would not have the resolution we had in this case, probably. probably. Which is fascinating, even though blood work showed that obviously... There was something he was drugged. Yeah. There's literal scientific evidence in the mix, but I guess you need that combined with the photographer's testimony. In any case, the mocktail for this one is easy and super fun. Yeah. We're going to do, in lieu of the bourbon, we'll do what we often do and do a nice black tea. You can do a, a chili syrup of your choice. Like you can do a habanero, you can do a red chili syrup, whatever you have access to or want to make. I would do an orja instead of the creme de noyau, except I would do like a third of an ounce of orja, and then I would throw in a little bit of grenadine, like just a dash, to give it that fruity part. And then your three quarters of an ounce of lemon. Ginger ale is fine. Here's the thing. If you are one of those people that follows cocktail 
Instagram or mm-hmm. cocktail TikTok, you may have seen this. It's been very popular lately, and it is a really good way to touch off and bring out the flavors in your drink, especially if you're a person that doesn't even want to do bitters because you want absolutely zero alcohol in your drink. Right. You can do a little bit of saline. You can literally just dissolve some salt in water, keep it in a little dropper bottle and put a couple drops in and it will do a similar thing where it blooms your flavors. I have seen a lot of bartenders doing it recently. I had seen a bartender do it quite a while back and then I hadn't really heard much about it in a while and I have started playing with it. You can absolutely do that in lieu of a a bitter. Obviously, it won't add the flavors that you'll get from a bitter, but it will have a similar sort of seasoning your drink up, bringing it out. And it's it does not make your drink taste salty. It's such a little amount. Once you have a dissolved salt in water, two drops of that is not really going to shift your drink to taste salty. It just... Bring, it really brings out the chili syrup. I did a habanero lime syrup that I've used on the show before. That made it really bright and almost like the top note that you taste in it. And it was very yummy. Anyway, that is The Honest Photographer. If you make it, I hope you like it. If you make the original one, the alcoholic version, it's not one you want to have a lot of. Don't drink it on an empty stomach. Maybe just have one. Have one like George. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Always drink responsibly. We will be right back here next week with another tale of blackmail and another coercion concoction. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.